The following podcast has been rated R because we say fuck a lot. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. Parental guidance is suggested. Hi, this is Uwe Ball. If you want to help support the podcast on this network, go to rogueintel.com. Thank you and go fuck yourself. TableReadsPodcast.com Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad that no one will film it, two men will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's a good part, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads. With Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson. Hey, Sean. Hello, Trevor. And hello, podcast listening audience. And welcome to another thrilling episode. It's just us on this one. We've yes. never played that production before. Sadly, uh, Kelly was unable to join us. Kelly she has, died, unfortunately. She had uh, costuming issues she with an died upcoming as she, con. She so died she as she lived. So she wasn't able to join us this week. She died as she lived in costume. Just, just drink your fucking five-hour energy drink and stop Dude, interrupting Yeah, me. that's the thing. Fucking last night was not good. I got, I got booed on stage for the first time. In Since my life, the last time you went <laughs> on stage for the, I, it's never, it's never happened before. Getting, I, I didn't get booed. I did I say, can I, did I say yeah. I got, but did I say I got booed off stage? Yes. Okay, that's incorrect. I got booed on stage. So as soon as you walked on, they were like, no, "Nah, no, fuck no, this." No, no, no. They they were about halfway through, and they didn't when they didn't like it. The part that they didn't like, I kept going after that. Trevor, the only reason that you felt bad about that, I didn't feel bad. The only reason that you feel bad about that is because you can't hear our audience when they listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. I can. Well, I can hear what they have to say. Otherwise, you'd be completely acclimated to it by this that's point. Why, that's why I'm drinking five-hour energy. It's because, you know, after... You, know, you need drugs to get through this. I No, I, sl- I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep a wink because the whole time I was just like, oh, my God. I, it's like, you know, it's like... I, I can't... I, it sounds cliche, but you know how that, you know, the thing in the industrial films when people like, like friends that warned you of things, you know, they show up over there. You're going to put an eye out, kid. Their severed head. Exactly. He comes over your bed and goes, and like, I see my friend, Scott Bird, my, my, my comedian from Sarasota, my friend from Sarasota said, you know, I, I told you not to do religious material in the South, 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 you know, so it's like. I see Lou up there. Well, this you, sounds this sounds like a really great conversation for a different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably talk about it next. God week. damn, Trevor! I'm sorry, but I dude, just can you please never get a job as an engineer because <laughs> you try. will derail that shit before you even left <laughs> the station. I derail more than the fucking an unpaid engineer. Yes. All right, let's let's figure out what happened uh, on the last few episodes. Or you could just play the thing without prompting that you're going to play the thing, which is itself a prompt. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I don't need you to. Previously on Table Reads. Oh, we're in a lounge apparently now. I love this music. It is pretty cool. So, uh, Roger Rabbit was raised on a little Kansas farm, and it wasn't until his 18th birthday that he found out that A, he was adopted, and B, he was a tune. Um,. Not a strong thinker, that kid. So he promptly leaves the farm to set out and find his birth mother, or 
I mean, I don't know. Are tunes warm? I don't understand. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, they don't go over that in the original movie. Yeah, uh, he goes to find his real mother. How, however he is born or created, we don't know, but he's off to find some rabbit in a polka dot dress whose face he has never seen because it is not in the photo that he has. He meets this boy named uh, Richie, this guy named Richie, uh, who gives him a ride out to L.A. because Richie wants to be an actor. And Roger's hijinks on Richie's very first uh, job as an actor uh, result in Richie's scene getting cut and Roger becoming a big star. And this happens on the day that the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. So immediately afterwards... Everyone is conscripted into the military, and Roger finds himself as part of the Toon Patrol, which is not the group of weasels from the original film, but it is, in fact, the fighting Toon military force uh, that the U.S. has conscripted to fight the Nazis. Turns out, having a bunch of zany Toons in a military platoon, not a great idea, doesn't work out, and Richie being a bit of a bitch is put in charge of this unit and when we last leave off Richie and Roger have just been reunited as Richie was put in charge of this unit and Roger is lamenting the loss of Jessica who we last saw being taken away in a car by her radio boss uh, who seemed a bit nefarious at that moment and she's now hosting some GI radio show. The other thing that we've we've learned on previous episodes of this show, reading this script, is that it's actually funny, and we're really sorry that this is the only script we've read where we're like, wow. This is good. It should have been it made. It should have been made. Jesus. I don't, it's kind of upsetting, actually. I'll, I'll be sad. I'll be happy to see this done just because it's like, I don't like knowing about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a huge... We're both huge Roger Rabbit Well, fans. you know, over the years, we've heard so many rumors of Roger Rabbit sequels and yeah. prequels and we've always been like yeah I hope they never fucking do that yeah the, well the only thing that ever but gave me but now that we're actually reading it we're like why didn't they yeah like the only the only thing that gave me hope of anything that I saw other than this before this was there was a few things that leaked like out tests. on the animation tests that were yeah. promising but it's like still and why are you is, doing it they could do this script yeah still it would work because all you have to do is cut out a gratuitous uh eddie valiant <laughs> cameo and it would be more accurate than the other pearl harbor movie yes but <laughs> not not being a sequel means that they don't have to worry about uh eddie valiant and yeah. Bob Hoskins being dead. That's right. That's the other thing that works here, too. God damn it, dude. They need to fucking do this. And, you know, there is an Eddie Valiant cameo, but that cameo would have to be cut anyway because it didn't work. Oh, really? The, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because it's like he's in a barbershop or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was on our first episode yeah. of this script. Yeah, it was early um, on. It was in a barbershop, and, and Eddie's like, tunes. Yeah. You but, didn't get anybody But at this that. point, Eddie wouldn't have been like, Tunes. He was loving them. Eddie loved yeah. tunes. Eddie, Eddie, was Eddie a, and Teddy. Yeah. Teddy was still alive at this point mm-hmm. in 1941. Mm-hmm. You know? Actually, do we know that that's true? How long ago did his brother die? We never... Not re- that long ago. It was that fresh? The wound was that? I don't know. Yeah, because... Be, think about it. Because Roger didn't know about it. 
A lot of people didn't know about it. Dolores right. seemed goes, to be the only person that knew about that's it. That's right. Roger was like, everybody knows when a tune's in trouble, there's, there's only, only one place to go. Valiant and Valiant. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Get out of that chair! <laughs> that's my brother's chair. <laughs> By the way, say, where is your brother? He seems like a serious and sober fellow. <laughs> we could do the whole movie, actually. Uh, but you know what? I always thought there was going to be a plot point there that there never was, because when Roger removes his hand, yeah. he leaves fingerprints behind on the chair. Right. Like, very obvious fingerprints. I thought that was going to be found as evidence and it was going to be yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, because they have paint from the rabbit's glove. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, you know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a clever movie, but it is a clever family movie. So, you can't really get, like, too CSI with it, you know? Well, you know, why put the fingerprints there? They had to do that intentionally. Yeah, but for, I, I but think, for effect only. They weren't telling any story points with no, it. No, I think there might be a scene that was cut. I don't know, man. The only, the only scene that was cut was the pig head sequence. Right, right after that, there was the uh, the weasels come in. So maybe one of the weasels spotted some fingerprints. Maybe I don't know. Could have just been a little bit trimmed out of that scene, you know. I like it though, just because it sounds like the beginnings of a cracked article, like a new theory about like you know a, a yeah. lost scene because of this one effect. I love shit like that. Anyway, well, if I ever meet Bob, I'll ask him. <sighs> yes, it's possible. He would probably know exactly what you're talking about, too, without too much explanation. Oh, and I have to say, um, it's very, very unfortunate that Kelly's not here for this episode, because I know that this episode is going to start with some Jessica. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do my best. Your voice is just too deep for it. I got it. Fade in. Exterior, Chateau, Day. A huge converted chateau on the outskirts of Berlin. A stone wall encircles the... Ins- oh, that's right. Her her radio boss guy was a yeah. secret German. So he's been... He basically took her to enlist her into doing propaganda for the Nazis, I guess? Probably. That's, oh, man. That's, yeah. that's dark as shit. <laughs> a stone wall encircles the entire property. Yet another reason this should be made. There are a half dozen radio antennas on the roof. And the main antenna, several hundred feet high is nearby and surrounded by barbed wire. Two flags bearing swastikas are suspended over the front wall. The main gate is guarded by Nazi stormtroopers, checking vehicles as they pass. We hear Jessica's sultry voice as a song fades. I'm back, fellas. Oh, and I heard about that nasty weather you've been having. Wouldn't you rather be sitting home in a hot bath right now with someone like me? You wash my back. I'll wash yours. Interior. Chateau Ballroom. Day. Which has been converted into a large military communications center. (laughs) We see trans... Why was that funny? Because the way you said it. Okay. We see transceivers, teletypes, phones, desks, German... (laughs) Desks. I don't know why I think it's funny. Desks. There are desks. (laughs) uh, German soldiers moving about. We pan to a corner to reveal Jessica sitting in a small booth, reading copy into a mic with another swastika attached to it. And Jessica Rabbit reading into a swastika microphone. This dark. I want this movie made so bad, dude. A red light near the mic is on. Even a big, strong man like you needs a little tender, loving care. And while you're out in the mud and cold. Actually, she's on the radio, right? Yeah. No. 
She's on the radio. She's not on a walkie-talkie. She, like, this is a broadcast with an antenna several hundred feet high. And we're in the studio with her. She's not... We're not watching some soldier in the trenches listening okay, to her on a tiny radio. Okay, we're actually in That's right. Yeah, we are. Um, and while you're out in the mud and cold, your leaders are sunning themselves down in Malta. I wonder if they care about you as much as I do. This is Axis Annie (laughs) sending you another warm melody. Okay, so what they're doing here is the Germans have enlisted her, or I guess kidnapped her and forced her, to read these sultry things to demoralize the English troops, or the allied troops, the English and Americans. And the French. Yes. And the Russians. And the Russians. You know. Trying to remember all the allied... Anyway, pretty much everybody but Italy, Germany, and Japan. Yeah, so fuck you, Malta. (laughs) A song starts and the red light goes off. She crumples the paper she was reading from, looks up as a door opens, and a smiling Otto enters the booth, giving her polite applause. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Remember, read him as a German now because he's revealed himself to be a German. Okay. God, I hate you for this. Oh, no. Hang on, let me turn this down a little bit. This music is, like, really loud for some reason, and it's, like, low. Sorry. I hate mouse control to Major Tom. Oh, no, I thought you were finally beginning to enjoy your stay with us. You know, Jesse, it's not unusual to, for kidnapped victims to develop a fondness for their... Ca- not, wait a minute. He's on a tune, is he? No. Okay, I'm kind of doing him cartoonishly, but anyway... That the only German accent you know is cartoonish. Yeah, and let's be fair, it is a kind of a cartoonish. Also, accent. you're you're not really. If you were doing him as a tune, you'd have been doing him as Doctor Scratch and Sniff, and you weren't. You know, Jesse, <laughs> I am a peace psychiatrist. You, you know, Jesse, it's not unusual for kidnapped victims to develop a fondness for their captors. Puts a hand on her shoulder. Sometimes even a bit of affection. Jessica slaps him. I hope you're proud of yourself. (laughs) And those pictures you took. Uh, Jessica slaps him. Otto restrains himself as we hear an ominous growl from outside the door. Sean lives the growl. (laughs) Read your line. Where am I? Oh, where am I? It's all right, Bambi. Thumper. She was just being playful. We see the head of a huge jet black toon panther slide its head through the door. Can I ask a question? Is th- this is available for the audience to read this script? Yes. So why is C in all caps? We see the head of a huge jet black toon panther. Not we absorb, we hear, we Why is C I don't know. I'm sorry. We see the head of a huge jet black you know, it's one of those uh it's visual. It's one of those things that's not like nailed down exactly mm-hmm. how you use that. Right. Like, Toon Panther definitely should be all caps. They're introducing introducing it. a character. You know, um, which they shouldn't be doing in the third act, but whatever. And up up above, we hear an ominous growl. That's that's saying like <laughs> that makes here, sense. Here's a sound thing. It is a growl. It's a sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, but autom- we see that. I mean, we're seeing things the whole time. I know it's a movie. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, why so, is that? But it's it's one of those iffy things. It's, it's vague. Yeah. 
We see the head of a huge jet black toon panther slide its head through the door. It enters, followed by its mate. Their red eyes glow as they growl at Jessica. Otto smiles again. I did love that movie. Interior corridor, day. As Otto, along with the Toon Panthers and a couple of Nazi soldiers, leads Jessica down a corridor. Oh, by the way, I forgot to set my timer, so if you could just let us know when it's mm-hmm. time to go to break. I sure will, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as Otto, along with the Toon Panther and a couple of Nazi soldiers, leads Jessica down a corridor. Forget it, Mr. Grunwald, or whatever your name is. <laughs> I'm through with this. No, no, Jessica. Holds it, or Jesse, I'm sorry. Holds it up. We'd like you to spend some time going over the script for tomorrow's broadcast. I think it's especially demoralizing. I told you, I'm not reading your Nazi trash anymore. I don't care what you do to me. They stop at a door at the end of the corridor. Well, with you being of the tune persuasion, that's very little I can do to you. Nods the soldier. Fortunately, that doesn't apply to your friend. The soldier opens the door to reveal Wendy sitting on a bed, looking out at them. By the way, just for your benefit, John, the voice I'm channeling is the the Nazi Hitler story sketch from Key and Peele. What you don't want to hear, and it's a Hitler story. You sure you don't want to hear this? I don't remember that one. Oh, after we're done, we gotta I gotta show it to you. It's so funny. Well, I'm going back through this through the series. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, it's, it's, I'm rewatching the whole thing. It's one of my favorite sketches. I recently uh, turned Patrick Duffy onto it. Not TV's Patrick Duffy. <laughs> Podcasts Patrick Duffy. No, he is TV's Patrick Duffy in my phone. That's I what it know. Says. Moving on. <laughs> the soldier opens the door to reveal Wendy sitting on a bed, looking out at them. Jessica reacts. Otto smiles at her, and she takes the script. Remember, everybody, this is before a uh, brilliant man by the name of Judge Doom has invented. A yep. mixture of turpentine, benzene, and acetate. Acetone. Called, acetone called the dip. Yes, acetate was what they make cells out of now. Exterior, chateau grounds, day. As a pair of hands move into frame. The music is... The music works just for once. As I a pair even... of hands move into frame and place a miniature model building on the grass. Pull back to reveal two German soldiers in the middle of a large field placing a few tiny human figurines in front of the model. Interior, Jessica and Wendy's quarters, day. A comfortable room in the chateau overlooking other grounds. (laughs) (laughs) Overlooking other grounds. That's what it says. It does say that. There is a door leading to a bathroom in the corner. Wendy is lying on her bed, reading Jessica's script, as Jessica looks out the window at the activity in the field beyond the courtyard. What's going on out there? I can't believe this crap they make you read. I have to. Otto keeps saying he'll do something to you. Still reading. Let him try. I'll kick him in the Nazi nuts. Wendy! Did... Did, uh... Did Kelly have a specific way she was doing Wendy? Just high and squeaky. Okay, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Wendy, um interest peaked. Jess, listen to this reading script. Our heartfelt condolences go out to Eleanor today. Did you hear, boys? Her hubby and his two pals had a real blast at their little get-together courtesy of Axis Annie. Music isn't the only thing we send over our airwaves. What's that supposed to mean? Oh my god. 
The Malta Conference. What? I read stuff about it on my show. Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin, they're all going to be there together. He's going to try and kill them, Wendy. You know what's really funny about your Jessica? It doesn't sound much like Jessica, but it really does sound like, um... God, I just brain fart. What's her name? Kathleen Turner? It sounds like her now. Yeah. She sounds very manly nowadays. Have you heard her? <laughs> she's like a white Nina Simone. Yes. That's a great way to say it. Yes. She, she's like a white Nina Simone. Okay. Shrugs. What's he going to do? Send a bomb through the radio? Suddenly, we hear the high-pitched whine of a small engine, which gets louder and louder. Wendy reacts, crosses to the window, and they look out together. Their POV. As we see a small model plane, about 12 inches long, zipping over the courtyard. When it gets over the field, it quickly climbs to an altitude of 200 feet, then turns downward again, heading straight for the model building. Where it impacts with a tiny explosion, and we suddenly see why this movie didn't get made, because 9-11 happened. Yep. Where it impacts with a tiny explosion, destroying the model building and scattering the figurines. We hear applause and cheers from the soldiers standing at the edge of the field. Yay. On the day that the plane crashed into the model, I saw so many people cheering from across the way. (laughs) Except this time it happened. Uh, Another angle. Jessica and Wendy react. Then Otto walks around the corner carrying a small radio control box. He sees them, smiles. Hello, ladies. This music is totally inappropriate for what I'm about to say. Well, that's even worse. What is wrong with you? Oh, so I'm off of balance. What is this? A V8 commercial? Goodness gracious. We will have to use... We will have to use this music. It's fine. Hello, ladies. As you can see, Jesse, I still have my little hobby. Interior mess hall day. A group of GIs are waiting in line with their trays. They pass in front of the cook who ladles out corned beef hash onto their plates. <laughs> Pan to the dining room, where the tables are filled with soldiers eating their lunch. We see Richie, sitting with two other guys, Menon and Marks. On the other so, so is he sitting by Menon? Shut up. <laughs> Menon and Marks. On the other side of the room, the tunes are in their separate line. Fucking racists. <laughs> they pass in front of their cook. A tune bulldog, but instead of holding their plates out, they hold them up like catcher's mitts, and the bulldog slings a helping at them, which splats on the plate. Okay, so we've had some really heavy Nazi stuff. I think maybe we should lighten up with a little little tune shenanigans at this point. <laughs> maybe we get a food fight going. <laughs> let's go let's cut to the mess hall. Yeah. And we'll find out why it's called that. <laughs> Angle, Richie, finishing his lunch. As a wing comes into frame, taps his shoulder. He turns around. Pee-wee is standing there. Ah, excuse me. It's no, wait, out. wait. Oh, God. They. S- oh, Pee-wee is... I was Pee-wee. Okay. Um, cause You're he's, also Richie. He's like Beaky Buzzard, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, that was the turtle. The turtle talks like Beaky Buzzard. I'm looking for... I don't... I, so I was saying you were Pee-wee. I don't remember what Pee-wee's voice was. I probably did it as Pee-wee Herman. I thought you were writing this shit down. I'm a hack, dude. It's pro- well, if it, it was so hack, I was like, I'll do Pee Wee. I mean, just like if it says Larry, I'm gonna do Larry from yeah, the Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you were, but do whatever now. Yeah, yeah, Jessica doesn't sound the same. 
<laughs> so fuck she sounds exactly the same. I don't know what you're discussing. Go read the line again. Excuse me, it's raining out. Okay. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> my wing, my wing struts might rust. Oh, that's right. He's a plane. Oh yeah, that's right. He's a talking plane. When I said a wing came in, I thought a bird. <laughs> I did too, actually. Yeah. So what if they do? And you're the one who's scared to fly? You can wait over there till it stops, okay? Pee-wee nods at him, starts walking to the corner. I guess I'm Marks. Is that a new character? Uh, uh, there's Marks and Menon. They're so, just soldiers, random okay. soldiers. Want to see a happy landing? Marks sticks out his leg and trips Pee-wee's wheel. He crashes nose first into the floor. The tunes react as some of the human soldiers laugh it up. Have a nice flight, Ace. <laughs> Pee Wee gets up. His propeller is bent and crumpled. Richie crosses to Marks as we hear angry rumbling from, from the tunes. All right, all right, settle down. It's over. Go on, eat your lunch. That was a real cheap shot. You hear this guy? We ticked off Chicken Little. <laughs> Marks rises, crosses right up to Richie's face. You were too yellow to fight when it counted, wacko. You want to start something down here? Blackie cat. Yeah, that was also Kelly. Oh. You want I should cross a few pads, boss? The tunes start rumbling again, ready for action. I said shut up! You guys keep to your side of the room. That's an order. I don't want anybody touching this guy. Except me. <laughs> and with that, he punches Marks in the stomach, sending him reeling to the floor. The tunes cheer. Marx scrambles to his feet and leaps on Richie. They start pounding the crap out of each other as the humans cheer on Marx and the tunes cheer on Richie. Two MPs run in, try to break it up, and instead get decked themselves as the brawl and the cheering continue. Interior, stockade, day. As the two MPs open the door to a cell and toss a barely conscious Richie inside, he's had the crap kicked out of him. Interior, barracks, night. Swifty Turtle and Blackie Cat are sitting at a small card table. A portable radio sits on one of the cots, playing music. Swifty fin- <laughs> Big letters. Swifty finishes shuffling the cards ever so slowly. Okay. Blackie waits, drumming his paw on the table. Swifty begins dealing. One. one. I'm Swifty. Oh, you're Swifty. One for you, one for me. That was way too fast. Sorry. One for you, one for me. (laughs) Swifty continues at such a torpid pace that Blackie, in the course of five seconds, gets up, knits a sweater, puts it on, (laughs) goes out and returns with a copy of War and Peace, which he finishes reading before Swifty is on the third card. (laughs) That's a great, like, cartoon gag, man. This is a great script. Angle, Roger, on his bunk, writing a letter. As he writes, we hear his voice. And today wasn't such a good day either, dearest. Richie's been incinerated. I I mean incarcerated. Plus, the food stinks. Everybody hates us. And you're probably not even reading this. (laughs) Why won't you answer me? Oh, Jessica, I miss you so much. There's only one place I long to be. Here in my arms. That's off screen, by the way. She didn't just walk in. (laughs) Still writing. I was thinking more of your lap. 
Another sweet song <laughs> from your best girl here at Radio Berlin. Another angle. As Roger's head pops up into frame with his ears springing to attention. As <laughs> Jessica's voice continues, the ears form the shape of a heart. I'll bet you'd like to be home in somebody's arms tonight. I could do it on this now. Jessica, it's you! I found you! Maybe your generals will come to their senses and stop making you fight a war that you can't win. That's my girl, Jessica! Grabs Blackie's no. radio. Oh, what? That's my girl! My Jessica! Oh, sorry. That's my girl! My Jessica! Grabs Blackie's radio, talks to it. Wait, is he talking into He's just a- talking to the radio. I know you would have written if you could. You're just a victim of circumstance. Are you okay in there? Hey, what have they done to you? Now, how about another tune? There is no other tune, Jeffy. There's only me. I'll wait for you. I'm coming. He races out the door as Swifty continues dealing to Blackie. Four for you. <laughs> Four for me. <laughs> Exterior, barracks area, night, long shot. As the tiny figure of Roger runs out the door and races across the entire area up to different buildings yelling. I found her, Richie! I found her! Interior, Richie's cell, night. Close on Richie, his face still showing signs of the fight, asleep on a dingy bunk in his cell. After a beat, we hear... Richie! Richie! Richie, wake up! Richie gets up, rubs his eyes, like you do. Looks up at his cell window, about six feet off the ground. We see Roger's face appear and then disappear as he bounces up and down outside the jail. Roger? It's Jessica! Comes back up. We've got to get... Oh, he's... Okay, let me do it again. Yeah, he's hopping. He's jumping up. Hang on, I have a mic trick for that. Hold on. It's Jessica! We've got to help her! She's in trouble! What are you talking about? I'll tell you in the next bounce! (laughs) (laughs) Richie grabs Roger by the ears and yanks him into the cell. Oh my heavens, I'm doing time. What the hell's going on? I just heard Jessica on the radio. The Nazis took her to Germany and they're making her say bad things. We've got to save her. Look, I don't know if this is just a bad dream, but in case you haven't noticed, I'm in jail. I'm not going anywhere. Hang on. I think I can reach the key. He sticks his arms through the cell bars and extends it. Interior, stockade hallway, night. Roger's hand comes around the corner, slides along the wall, and continues down the hallway. (laughs) Interior, stockade office, night. An MP reads his copy of Stars and Stripes as Roger's hand extends into the room, feels around the wall a bit, finds the keychain hanging on the wall, grabs it, and pulls it out. Interior, Richie's cell, night. As Roger pulls the keychain back into the cell. Here you go. What are you trying to do? Get me shot? You gotta help me, Richie. We gotta save Jessica! Smacks the keys away. Hey, take a look at me. You think I'm some kind of hero? Ask around. I'm the loser. The guy with the yellow streak. Oh, that's not true. I know it isn't. Just get away from me, pain in the ass. No (laughs) wonder your mother left you. Go on. Get back to the barracks. I'm going to get to her, Richie. I'm going to go get her. I'm going to go get her. Don't correct my dialogue. I'm emotional. Climbs up to the window. I know we've had our ups and downs, but when you 
when push comes to shove, which was a lot, we always stood by each other. Remember? Richie just lies on the cot, turning away from Roger. It's getting cold out. You should use your blanket. Roger crawls out the cell window, leaving Richie alone. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. I say, I say, I say, boy, I say, boy, every time I gotta go get new boxing gloves for that daggone chicken hawk, I go to rogintel.com slash Amazon, and I get him the bestest boxing gloves that Amazon can buy. Look at that. He's hitting that dog. That is the dumbest dog I've ever seen. Hey, it's Clint Daly, host of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. You know we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you our own unique outlook on the world of sports. You know, we try to give you some actual insight and maybe a common sense approach to sports. Whether it's breaking news, some of the biggest games, or even some sports history, check out the Daily Dose Sports Podcast now on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. The Daily Dose, your daily dose of sports and sarcasm. TableReadsPodcast.com With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, now, back to table reads. Now part of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Actually, I'm going to have to change that up eventually because it's weird that he says now part. It's like yeah, in a year it's going to be like, oh, we're still just now a part of the Rogue Intel Network. We're happy to be here. Don't get us wrong. Uh, yeah, well, I'll have him read a new one that says the best part of the Rogue Intel <laughs> Podcast Network. And then all it takes is five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um. Exterior supply base? Yes, exterior supply base gate, night. A guard sits in the gatehouse, sipping on his cup of coffee. After a beat, we see headlights as a vehicle pulls up on the right to exit the base. The guard slides open the door, sees a jeep with two soldiers in front and one in back. Only these three wear ill-fitting rain gear and helmets, (laughs) totally obscuring their bodies and faces. The one in the back is barely two feet tall. Hey, what's the deal? Where are you guys headed? Uh, secret mission. Huh? You know, top secret, classified. None of your B.I.B.'s wax. Looks at Swifty in the back seat, and here's why. So what's his problem? Want to be Blackie Cat for me? Shell shock. Hey, what the hell is this? What's going on? He reaches down, pulls off Roger's helmet. You're a tune! You can't drive this! Floors it. Oh, yes, I can! The Jeep lurches forward and crashes through the gate. Roger promptly (laughs) loses control and swerves into some empty oil drums. 
The three tunes are thrown out of the Jeep as we hear the guard blow on his whistle. Call out to some others. I really wish I had the goofy yell. That whole fucking. Hey, we got some A-walls. Blow whistle. Hold it right there. I told you we should have swiped a tank. Roger and Blackie grab Swifty and they start running down the road as we hear more whistles and the voices of more guards and MPs shouting at them to stop. A pair of headlights are coming up behind them fast. This music's perfect. Yeah, but maybe you could focus on your line. I have a line? Yes. Jeepers, it's a line that I missed. And it's a jeep. Just read the whole line. Jeepers, it's a jeep. It's a good line. The good line. I fucked it up. Hit the dirt. They dive into a ditch on the side of the road. Exterior ditch, night. The three of them huddle, keeping low as the headlights approach. We hear guards' voices, more whistling from the base. The jeep swerves towards the ditch, screeches to a halt, its headlights shining right on them. They look at each other, realizing it's all over, and slowly rise. A figure gets out of the jeep, moves in front of the headlights. You want to get your tune asses in here? We got a lot of ground to cover. Richie! The three tunes and the one human pile into the jeep and it speeds off into the night. Exterior, back road, day. A deserted little dirt road, away from the main thoroughfares. The jeep comes around a corner with its four occupants inside. Richie pulls off the road and down into an embankment. Exterior, side of road, day. As Richie and the three tunes cover the jeep with branches and shrubs to camouflage it. But Richie, what are you? What are we doing? We're going behind Emily. We're going behind en- Emily we're, lines. We're going behind enemy lines. Stoop. You think you can drive this thing? <laughs> I'm gonna start saying stoop from now on. <laughs> but Richie, and we stop saying that. But, but, but. Come on, hurry up to Blackie. You're Blackie again. I'm Blackie again. Yeah, that means you're Roger and Blackie, and I'm Swifty and Richie. You were Blackie Cat before, though. Yeah, because I was covering for you because you were reading four characters in one scene. I can do it. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yikes. They continue to cover the Jeep, a beat. Then we see Roger standing there, barely able to contain himself. All right, go ahead. But Richie, without the Jeep, how are we going to get to Berlin and save Jessica? Exterior, country road, day. Well, we don't need to answer that question. (laughs) A caravan of German military vehicles makes its way up a narrow two-lane highway. Supply trucks, a troop transport, and finally, an open staff car lagging behind the rest of the group. We see a small ditch by the side of the road. Interior, staff car, day, moving. Occupied by the driver, yeah. Yeah, that would be, yeah. A young soldier... And a Nazi lieutenant in the back seat. The driver checks his watch, talks in German. We should be in Gothenburg by nightfall, sir. Fine. Closes his eyes. Wake me up if we win the war. The driver turns, nods to him, and then looks ahead again, just as his POV. A rabbit is tossed up from a ditch, landing on the road right in front of him. The driver panics, slams on his brakes. We hear a thud. This is the running joke of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Exterior, side of road, day. 
On the cut, we see Roger sailing through the air into the distance as the out-of-control staff car swerves from side to side, then careens off the road. Exterior staff car, day, moving. Only Richie is at the wheel this time. Buttoning up his new Nazi uniform, ah, he upgraded. <laughs> uh, as, the, as Swifty and Blackie sit in the back seat, Roger sits in front, still a bit dazed, with a few bells circling his head. What do we do when we get to Berlin, Richie? <laughs> it's not I say we blast him. Pipe down, I'm trying to think. Exterior, side of road, day, drive by. As the staff car whizzes by, we pan to a small sign that reads Berlin, 187 kilometers. We hear their voices. Swifty, show Richie all the neat stuff you got under your shell. Would you guys just shut up? Off screen. It, it doesn't matter. It helps. You know, it's it, it's not like like far away sound in this instance. In this instance, we're seeing the car drive off and we're hearing their voices as oh, if they're there. Like a... Yeah. You know, like uh, in the end of a movie when the car is driving into the sunset and you still hear the people talking or yes. whatever. Uh, are we there yet? Exterior Chateau Day establishing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really liked my reading of that with That's a good one. With it. Interior, Otto's office, day. Massive, with elegant gilt... <laughs> perfect music, right? <laughs> this this Every is Every once the, in a while, the music... <laughs> this is the perfect, ominous Nazi office music. Yeah. I'm even more scared of them. <laughs> Massive, with elegant gilded furnishings. Otto is sitting at his desk. His side de comp, Corporal Gottfried. You know, the, you know how you're going to do that voice, don't you? <laughs> is in the corner next to a cart upon which we see some fresh cuts of meat. Gottfried tosses some into the air, and Otto's tune panthers leap into frame and grab it in their jaws. <laughs> One turns to him, growling for more. Enough for today! Oh, little kitty, so hungry? Come on! Up, Kitty! Do a trick! With a, it's, it's hard to do Gilbert Gottfried and German at I the know, same right? time. Yeah. With a massive... I applaud your effort. With a massive swipe of its huge paw, the panther grabs the meat, and in the process he slashes Gottfried's entire arm, leaving it shredded and covered with blood. Damn. It's a little dark. Yeah. He screams with pain, running to the door. Otto does not even look up. I thought they were going to do the... Uh, the hold the lion, please carrot gag. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason this fucking movie should have been made. What was that? Is that you? Sorry, it was my mic. Okay. Thing. Now, Sampa, play nice. The door opens and a soldier leads Wendy inside. She reacts as Gottfried runs out, screaming in pain. Ah, Miss Rowan, come in, come in. As they do. Would you care for a drink? You're Wendy. How am I Wendy? Because you've been Wendy in this script. I know I'm saying what, what voice is just like a... Oh, it's that... that uh, uh, okay. Sure, it'll give me something to throw in your face. That's it. I got a slap from your friend. You know, she's becoming rather uncooperative. I do hope she hasn't forgotten the gravity of your situation. A young technician in a white jacket enters. We're ready to test the frequency, Herr Grunwald. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> it doesn't say I Barbara. know, but just that voice. 
Otto crosses to the corner. Wendy watches as he pulls some keys from a chain on his belt. He opens a thick door on the wall to reveal a control, a radio control panel, bigger and more sophisticated than the box he had earlier. Ooh. He starts tinkering with the controls as he talks. You know, I first studied radio guidance technology as a student at Caltech. They used to have a, such a nice foreign exchange program. As Otto talks, he opens a sliding door on the control panel where we see a numeric keypad. He presses a few numbers. Beep, beep, boop. Imagine striking a hun- Sorry. Imagine striking a target hundreds of miles away. Si- away? <laughs> He's Swedish now. Simply by punching a few geographic coordinates into a transmitter. I guess I like the idea of being able to do something naughty and not get caught. He finishes, then inserts a second key into the panel. He slowly... And, be- yes, and turns it... What, Dieter? What? Dietrich, is that what you're saying? Remember Mike Myers' character from Saturday Night Live? No. Okay. Uh, now it's the time on Sprockets when we dance. He finishes, then inserts a second key into the panel and turns it. Two lights above the keypad change from red to green. He closes the doors, turns back to Wendy. Talk to your friend Wendy. Explain how important it is for her to continue. Well, hold on, hold on. The way you read that was like you were telling her to talk to her friend who is named Wendy. Oh. He is addressing Wendy. That's right, yeah. Talk to your friend Wendy. Explain how important it is for her to continue her work here. Piss off, Tubby. She's through spreading your pinhead propaganda. And by the way, I saw that stupid little plan of yours. You can plane. Plane of yours. You can send it any way you want. It couldn't even blow my nose. That's true. It wouldn't do a great deal of damage, would it? Wendy nods smugly. We assume, of course, that this one will. He steps to his window, draws up the large curtain to reveal Wendy's POV. Outside Otto's offices, being worked on by technicians and guarded by soldiers, we see a monstrous cousin of the of one of the Nazis' infamous V-2 unmanned rockets on an angled platform. It's 30 feet long, with radio guidance antennas protruding from its fuselage and a swastika on its tail. Wendy reacts, stunned. Otto turns to her, smiles. Ain't she a honey? Exterior, front gate, day. Two stormtroopers are patrolling the gate. GK-427, why aren't you at your post? (laughs) Uh, Everything's fine here. Uh, How are you? (laughs) Uh, Two stormtroopers are patrolling the gate at the front of the chateau. A motorcycle with a sidecar pulls up. Holds up pass in German. Papers for Herr Grunwald. (laughs) The soldiers wave him through. Then a small lorry pulls up. Lorry driver. Uh, holds up pass in German. Meat delivery for the kitchen. <laughs> the soldiers wave him through. Another beat. Then the squad car pulls up with Richie alone at the wheel. Wait. Yeah, Richie. It says squad car. It's meant to be staff car. Oh. Richie waves in English. Hi, I'm here to rescue Jessica Krupnik. <laughs> Listen, could you guys get a little closer together? What? Who are you? Just a little closer, okay? The soldiers exchange looks. 
slide their rifles off their soldier shoulders. They they approach Richie, stepping closer together. Show your pass immediately. (laughs) That guy works at Radio Shack, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Thanks. Blackie Cat appears from behind the staff car, casually prances in front of them. Instantly, a sofa falls into frame from out of nowhere, <laughs> landing right on top of the stormtroopers. Roger pops up from the back seat. He and Richie hop out and start dragging the unconscious soldiers behind the gatehouse. That's See, I thought he was going to bang their heads together. That's, yeah. I thought that's why he was getting yeah. close together. It's even better. But Blackie just walks but across. That's a, and, but that's a Tex Avery moment because Tex would have fucking known that you were expecting that. So yeah. he does the exact opposite. This is brilliant. Yeah. So fucking brilliant. It's a great script. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed, actually. <laughs> Exterior, Chateau Grounds, day. Richie and the three tunes are concealed behind some bushes. About a hundred feet from the main house. We see ten soldiers. No, we see ten soldiers. <laughs> you gotta get over it. it you just, I don't know you why. Gotta it's silly. It. Move past it. Yeah, because it, 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 it happens again later. We see ten soldiers and a number of Toon Panthers patrolling the front entrance. Remember, it's not there for emphasis. <laughs> why put it in all capitals? I know why. Be- Jesus. Because it's there I for know, breakdown purposes. I know. We'll never make it. <clears> hmm. <throat> We'll never make it past those jokers, that's for sure. Richie slaps his hand over Roger's mouth to stifle him, then looks over at the far side of the chateau. We see the meat truck parked next to the kitchen entrance. Some soldiers are helping the driver carry in sides of beef, some venison, etc. Interior, kitchen, day. A large industrial facility. We see a couple of cooks chopping vegetables as the soldiers continue lugging in a few more sides of meat. Angle, the freezer. Another cook stands by the door to the walk-in freezer, checking items off on his pad as the men pass in front of him. Venice. Oh, sorry. You be the cook. Cooks are fat. Venison. Beef. Beef. Now Richie approaches, still wearing his Nazi uniform, and he's so proud of it, (laughs) and carrying a seemingly dead rabbit. With his clothes off, dangling upside down from a pole. They pass the cook. Roger's playing a fucking cadaver. <laughs> they pass the cook. And you know they would have animated it too, like with the dead eyes and yeah. everything. <laughs> they pass the cook. Rabbit. <laughs> Another angle. Another cook has a small side of beef on a counter already. He lifts a massive cleaver and whacks it, splitting it in two. Angle. Roger. Upside down, reacts to this with a little with a little yelp as Richie carries him into the freezer. The cook looks around, shrugs. Interior, corridor, day. As Richie quickly turns a corner, sees a number of soldiers and civilians also in the hallway. He slows down and strolls casually. A moment, then a soldier comes around the opposite corner, escorting Wendy. Wendy and Richie see each other, react with shock, then quickly cover it up as they pass. Richie walks a few more steps, smoothly turns on his heels, and follows her. Interior, Jessica and Wendy's quarters, day. The soldier, Private Caning, unlocks the door and escorts Wendy inside. He is about to exit when she takes his arm, smiles, and taps his breast pocket. He takes out a pack of cigarettes, offers her one. She holds his hands up to, she holds his hands up to help her light it, gently steers his back to the door slowly 
Allowing Richie, Jesus, allowing Richie to sneak in and duck behind the couch. Thanks for the light, you dumb shithead. <laughs> oh, should I be him? Uh, I'll do it. Uh, in, this is Private Caning in German, enamored. My pleasure, kitten. <laughs> Private Caning smiles, gives her a wink and exits, locking the door. Wendy quickly moves up the, moves the to the couch as Richie gets up. What the hell are you doing here? Jeez, I knew you had some personal problems, but I didn't think you'd join the SS. You know, I knew that she was going to think he was really a Nazi. <laughs> this is really set up well. Where's, where's Jessica? We got to get you guys out of this place. We can't. They're going to bomb the Malta conference. What? Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin, the guy who runs this place is about to blow them all up. Oh, great. That's all I need. <laughs> he throws his arms up like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Paces, takes nervous drags on the cigarette. We gotta stop him, Richie. He's got this big rocket, and he controls it with radio waves, and he's gonna launch it tomorrow. And, God, I don't even smoke. <laughs> she coughs and stubs out the cigarette. Oh. She's not a tune. But that's how She's a, woman. a dainty lady. How do dainty women cough a blood? <laughs> yeah, well. It does, does this say a blood? That's not how my mom died of cancer. I'm just saying that. It was a lot more brutal. This she was, was the, very, her first cigarette. You know what? I remember my first cigarette. It was brutal. <laughs> I remember it. Also, the direction doesn't anywhere say she dies of cancer at this point. <laughs> That's true. That's in the, the sequel. Yeah. That, that, you, that it's, was, it's getting darker yeah, as we yeah. go. I mean, fuck. Well, no, no. Yeah, don't, don't you remember the, the little one scene with this character, Wendy, dying of cancer in the original Roger Rabbit? I do remember that. Because this is the prequel. and that Exactly. Was, that was uh, that one scene, you that know. set that up very well, actually, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, why is this girl dying of cancer? And now we know. Now we finally know. Smoking um, kills, audience. Another reason this movie should be made. It answers questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. Let's just all get out of here. We'll find a phone, call the cops, and, and they'll tell Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I love this script. Wendy glares at him. That's just like you, isn't it? Run like hell whenever you have to fix a problem. Hey, I just drove 500 miles with a car full of paint supplies to... Samples. Of paint samples to rescue you. Not get dumped on. You didn't even know I was here. I knew you were going to say that. The keys. We got to get the keys. Off his look. There's this big control panel in his office. If we can yank out the wires or smash it or something, they won't have to be able to launch... They won't be able to launch the rocket in time. Okay, fine. Where are the keys? Chain to his belt. Huh? Oh, a chain. Terrific. So how do we get him by asking? So how do we get him by asking? Nice. I don't know. We just gotta figure out some way of getting his pants off. At this, we hear singing from the bathroom. <laughs> you had plenty money back in twenty-two. Boom, 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 boom. You let other woman make up. Fooling you, why don't you get? Oh, oh we got it wrong. Give me some money too. Yeah, they Forget. skipped a line. Whatever. Maybe they didn't have the rights to the song, <laughs> so they took out the key line. Because the bathroom door opens and Jessica enters, wearing a terry cloth bathrobe. Her, oh my God, she's wearing a Muppet. 
That's dark as shit. <laughs> it's so dark. And plus, they it's the, the it's the remnants of the the Toon Muppet War. Exactly, and that's you know what happened is that if they did it now, they would have a two D animated Jessica with a three D towel with like a puppet like with with the eyes still on it, those two ping pong ball eyes and, in and the those, back and black sticks just hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a terry cloth bathrobe, her hair wrapped in a towel, she sees Richie, reacts with a start and modestly pulls the collar closer around her neck. Wendy looks at her, considers for a couple of beats. Exterior, Berlin Street, night. The street is deserted, save for a couple of pedestrians. We slowly pan across a row of shop windows. First, a drugstore, where we see a display of various cosmetics. From behind the display, a tuned cat paw reaches in and snatches some lipstick and mascara. (laughs) Continue the pan to a shoe store window, where a tuned turtle foot snatches a pair of high heels. Continue the pan to a woman's clothing... Oh, wait. Did I fuck up? I don't know. Continue the pan to a woman's clothing store, where the cat paw appears again, reaching in and examining a row of dresses on mannequins. First, a matronly-looking blouse and a skirt, then a somewhat severe-looking business ensemble, and finally, a slinky, low-cut red dress we've seen before. Yes. The paw gives us so-so gesticulation what? to no one in particular. You know, one of these. Okay. A little rocking back and I forth. I got you. We hear... Ah, better than nothing. The paw begins to pull the mannequin back behind the display. It's Blackie Cat, by the way, folks. Yeah, they got that. It's a black cat paw. Oh. And this is the only black cat that's been established. I really in haven't this. established his voice, though. It kind of keeps changing. Yeah, it's very Brooklyn. Yeah, but it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but I was doing a better job earlier. You were, and then you handed it off to me, and then you got it back, and you sucked. I don't know. You know what? It was fine when I gave it to you. Fucked it up. (laughs) Gave it back to me. All fucked up. (laughs) You dropped it. Interior: Jessica and Wendy's quarters. Night. Close on Jessica as Wendy helps her put on a false eyelash. Richie is standing by the... Just one. She's going to go out with the droogies. (laughs) (laughs) Richie is standing by the sofa, and Blackie is next to the window, pulling Swifty through the bars and helping him remove the high heel shoes from inside his shell. Jessica still wears her robe, and her hair is pinned up. Now remember, you don't have to do anything with him. You just have to get his trousers off. But you're the pretty one. Why don't you go? Wendy must be super fucking hot. Because <laughs> goddamn. I, th- I think the idea is Jessica has a low self-esteem. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Oh. Because he likes you. He keeps making passes, doesn't he? She should say Doni. Doni? Yeah, I know. Come on. Let's let's be honest. We're all picturing Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just having fun with me. Besides, I couldn't seduce anybody. Jesus, that's like the first unattractive thing she said because she's overdoing the modesty, like Taylor Swift at award season. Wow, look at me making Taylor Swift references. I don't even know if it's accurate. It is, actually. That's what's what's shameful about it. Of course you can, turns to them. Don't you think she's attractive? Oh, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Remember, Richie's a racist. On, oh, uh, yup, 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 yup. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I just read my line. Yeah, I'd give her a tumble. <laughs> just try on the dress, okay? A look from Jessica. Come on, Jess, you can do this. I know you can. Oh, okay, okay. 
Wendy gets her up and they cross to the dressing screen. Just think Veronica Lake. Remember, if you think sexy, you'll be sexy. Jessica moves behind the screen and the rest of the group gathers next to the sofa. Well, we got a plan B. Blackie Cat does not sound like that. He doesn't have that gruff voice. Oh, we got a plan B. Shut up. Angle, the screen. It is of an opaque material, so we can see Jessica's silhouette. That's not what opaque means. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. She removes the pins from her hair. It tumbles down onto her shoulders. I'm telling you, this is a complete waste of time. She slips out of the bathrobe. It drops to the floor to reveal the now legendary figure. The dress slinks up to the top of the the dress slinks up to the top of the screen and disappears. It's a weird direction. I don't get what's happening. I get what he's trying. Oh, it's because it's dangling over and she's pulling it from. Okay, I got it. Yeah. You guys better not laugh, okay? (laughs) Angle the group. Just watching this, a gape. Even Wendy. I got feelings I never knew I had before. (laughs) After a beat, Swifty falls backwards, rocking back and forth on his shell. (laughs) Interior. Nope. Fade out. What's the matter? You want to keep going? It's a perfect place to stop. We're at an hour. That's fine. You sure? Yeah. So, uh, the only flaw I'm really seeing in this movie thus far is how did they know where in Berlin to find Jessica? I mean, it's cartoon logic. They could probably, like, look something up in their pocket, like, really quick and be like, or order something from Acme, like, super. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, they, they don't really have to explain stuff like that. Maybe it's the only radio broadcast center in all of Berlin. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I just, I keep liking the script. I really am it's, enjoying it's it. It's really good. And he really understands cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote it again? Do you remember? I forget his name at the moment. But he's good. He really is. Yeah. He ain't no Jonathan Gems. And it's not, and it's not the people that did the original either. The two guys that did no. the, uh, Jeffrey Seaman and... But uh, yeah, it's good, and it should have been made, and uh, I want our listeners to know um, that the next script we're going to read, I assure you, is fucking terrible. I haven't read it, (laughs) but I've read enough about it to know it's going to be bad. You will not have to suffer through another good script for a while. And can I also ask you this, Um, you know, since uh, I don't know about the audience so much, but certainly I feel like we didn't really quench the thirst for a bad tune movie and there's legends on both sides of the fence for the original cool world script some people think that it you know if you don't like the one that's out there it's because you don't know anything about the original script and there are others out there who are like if it would have been good if they did the original script, they didn't back she's original idea. So if you could find it, I'd be really curious to see because it could be crap. Huh? Um, the idea is a good idea, though. It's it was supposed to be the first live action animated horror film. Interesting. I'll, yeah. f- I'll have to see if I can find it. In the meantime, please, uh, listeners, 
Next time you're purchasing something online, go to rogueintel.com slash Amazon. Um, Yes, you just throw in your affirmative. They're good people, man. Throw throw in your affirmation in the middle of me reading a, a, a web address. That's helpful. Wait, hang on. What is it? No, I'm not. <laughs> I know you too well. Uh, check out our uh, other podcast, Touche El Douche. Uh, you can find that on iTunes. Just type in Touche El Douche. If you don't know how to spell it, uh, get smarter. Or s- type out Touch Eel Douche. It's actually the same thing. Yes. Um, and, uh, oh, you know what? While we're talking about tunes, I think it's important to note that Trevor has another project called The Looney Tunes Critic. That's right. You can find that on YouTube at youtube.com slash Ferris Wheelhouse along with the other Ferris Wheelhouse YouTube videos. Um, and I'm not One thing The Looney Tunes Critic does is every Saturday posts a commentary from one of the old Warner Brothers Looney Tunes Merry Melodies cartoons. Yeah, the old stable. Some of them I am in. Yep. yep. So if you like the both of us together, yep. um, you, Talking can, cartoons. you can get it in much shorter increments. Yeah, right now the ones that me and you did that are up now um, already that I, the people want if they want to see us or hear us really, uh, Porky and Wacky Land and One Froggy Evening are, yes. are now available. Um, he also does reviews of other Looney Tunes related stuff. So if you like tunes and you like Trevor and sometimes me, <laughs> go check that out. That's and a weird. That's a weird selling point. <laughs> <laughs> You know, why do shit normal? Exactly. Fuck normal. Exactly. And we'll see y'all next week. The voice of Table Reads is Art Carlson. Hey, that's kind of meta. Meta. This podcast was created by Sean McBee and produced by Ferris Wheelhouse. FerrisWheelhouse.net Fuck. Cut to black. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.